My loves, let me ask you something. Are you ready to dive deep? Or do you feel like you need some time away from the people, place, and things that make up your current life? It could be both. You're like, I need to get the fuck away from everything and everyone. And I'm also ready to take my spiritual path to the next degree, honey. Okay? Regardless of what it is, I got you. There's two legendary, amazing, delicious opportunities for us to practice together in person this year. The first one is at the iconic Omega Institute in New York, upstate New York. And the second one is in Mykonos, Greece, honey. And both of these retreats are going to be a combination of the spiritual dance practice, also known as the SAT method, also known as the spiritual workout, and Dharma talks. So let me break this down for you. The SAM method, for those of you who are like, what the fuck is that? It's a practice. Uh, it's an experience. It's a, it's, a, it's a performance art healing experience that I created um, that combines ecstatic dance, meditation, breath work, and mantra. And these four practices are here to activate, amplify, and energize the four qualities in your heart, according to Buddhist psychology, which are love, compassion, joy, and wisdom. So during the retreat... And, and upstate New York is five days, excuse me, six days, five nights. And Greece is eight days, seven nights. I'm going to tell you more about this in a second. But during the retreat, we're going to dance. We're going to dance twice a day. Okay. And dance as much as you want. Move as much as you want. But the whole purpose of the, of the movement is for you to actualize what you learn during the theory part. Where we're going to sit around and I'm going to explain to you through, through the, the, my interpretation and my understanding, my studies of Buddhist psychology, I'm going to give you all that I know during that dedicated, you know, retreat time away from the people, place and things that make up your current experience. You're going to be devoted towards your heart, towards your liberation. Therefore, you're going to be able to then actualize that which you learn during theory in the dance floor. And then you're going to be, be able to bring that all back into your life once you leave the retreat. Going to retreat has been one of the best things that I've ever done for myself. It has changed my life. And you've heard, if, you, if you're a listener, uh, an avid listener to the podcast, you've heard me talk about going on retreats over and over again. If you've read my books, you know that going on spiritual retreats is how we take our practice to the next level. Oftentimes we do need to take time away from people, place, and things that make up our current life in order for us to truly discover who are we really and what is it that I want to do in my life. And maybe you're like, I already know who I am and I'm already happy with what I'm doing in my life, but you want to actually bring more joy, more bliss. You actually want to be happier, more playful, more lighthearted in more lightheartedness into your life. This retreat, these retreats are for you. You can either come to one or you can come to both. It doesn't matter. The point of the Psalm method, the spiritual workout, the spiritual dance practice is for us to say fuck off to people that says that when you are a disciplined spiritual practitioner, you become more serious. That is a lie. Okay. The truth is the deeper you become, the, the, the deeper you, you, you enter into the spiritual path and the more you're disciplined about your spiritual liberation, the more playful and lighthearted and more smiles and more humor and more laughter your life becomes filled 
with. Okay, so click the links in the show notes and I hope to see you at, in upstate New York at the iconic, legendary Omega Institute. Uh, let me tell you the dates. Uh, upstate New York is June 19th through the 24th. Okay, and Greece is um, October 8th through October 15th, okay? And if you have any questions or concerns about the retreats, when you click the link in the show notes, um, or so you can visit my Instagram bio or my TikTok bio to get all the details for the for the retreats. If you have questions, just go onto the retreats website and, and click over there to find out how you can talk to the retreat producers. They're both amazing powerhouse companies that are producing my retreats. They will be able to help you with anything you need, okay? I love you all so much, and I cannot wait to practice with you and get free with you. Love you. Peace. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the Spiritually Sassy Show. The following podcast was recorded live on Quilt. So stop pursuing the past. Stop pursuing the past. I want you to think about this. It's a theory called interbeing. Interbeing. I-N-T-E-R-B-E-I-N-G. Interbeing. It's a term that Thich Nhat Hanh, the Zen master, the iconic Zen master Thich Nhat Hanh, is a Zen Buddhist master. So it's a different lineage than 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 uh, it's a different Buddhist lineage that I study, um, and it's a master that I that I am I'm just utterly profoundly inspired by, right? So he speaks about the interbeing. What does that mean? That the past is connected to the present, and the present is connected to the future. So if we are pursuing our past. We are because because we are interbeing, right? Because everything is deeply interconnected with everything else. If we are pursuing our past in our minds, then we're we're dragging it onto our present. So therefore, if our present, because we are interbeings, right? If the present is deeply connected to the future, then if we are pursuing the past in the present, then our future will be more of of of, of our past, right? So the theory of interbeing requires you to understand something that's radical. And under, listen closely. It's to, to literally partner and merge and marry your present moment. Because if you're deeply resting in the present moment, what arises in the present? Relaxation, ease, grace, divinity, joy, compassion, love, and wisdom. If these qualities arise when you rest so deeply in the present moment, what happens when you look at your past from the present? It relaxes, it heals, it transforms, it opens up for something else to be born. Same thing about the future. If you are resting in the present moment, if you're doing your best effort to, to recalibrate your nervous system, to rest in the present moment, to open yourself to, to what's here and now, to breathe in the air of the, of the present. To not allow the mind to be constantly going to the future or the past, but to do your best effort to practice meditation with eyes open. Anytime you're engaging with somebody and your mind is going to the future or going to the past, and in this case, a lot of our minds go to the past over and over and over and over again, you're not present. So therefore, more of that scattered, more of that split kind of attention, more of that dualistic kind of thinking will prevail in your mind. Therefore, more of these circumstances and more of these experiences will arise and permeate your future. 
Okay? So understanding the theory of, of interbeing from that perspective. Now, if you rest deeply in the present moment, then it, that resting deeply in the present moment relaxes and heals your past and relaxes and heals your future. Your future will be a reflection of your present. Your present moment does not need to be a reflection of your past. The past has to be a signpost of how iconic and legendary we are. The past has to be a signpost of how strong and wise and courageous we are. The past has to be a signpost of how much we've changed. When we look back, we're recognizing, holy fucking shit, look how amazing I am. Look how much I've changed. Look how awake I am. Look how radically my perspective has changed. Look how beautiful my mind is today. And that will orient your, that will literally create the platform for a future to be a reflection of that beauty, of that iconicness, of that legendariness, of all that's been, of everything that's benevolent and good. Understanding it like that, my darling. And understanding that if you keep ruminating in the past, if you keep spending time thinking about the past, you, we think that we can think our way through the past, right? So we replay our past in our minds 24,000 times over and over and over again, thinking that each time we replay it, we're going to find a different outcome. We're going to see something different. My darling, each time you replay your past in your mind, you're watering more seeds of guilt, more seeds of shame, more seeds of confusion. Now, each time you water the seeds of the, in the present, each time you radically sit in the here and the now, when you connect with people in such a profound way that you don't know where you end and where they begin because you're experiencing this, the interbeing in relationships. You sit in front of a person, talk to them, and you're so deeply present. You're not even sure where your body ends and where their body begins because you recognize that we are a social body. You recognize that we are interbeings, that we're deeply interconnected. Like that. So each time you pursue the past and you replay the past in your mind over and over and over again, you're actually sending out invitations Unconsciously, you're literally sending out hundreds of thousands of invitations for more of those feelings to prevail, for more of those circumstances to, to come back into your life. Does that make sense? Are we communicating? Is this landing? You are a revolving door of invitations. What kind of things are you inviting? If you're rooted in the present moment, you're inviting beautiful, gorgeous, delicious, relaxing, graceful, divine to enter your life. Now, if you are constantly replaying the past, you're sending invitation for what? For confusion, for regret, for guilt, for shame, for pain, for scatteredness, for duality. You're sending out invitations for all that to come into your life more and more. And then, of course, these invitations are teaching you how to become more present. When these invitations actually greet you, they're like, hey, you sent out this invitation for confusion. I'm here. I'm confusion. I'm knocking at your door. And then you get scared. 
and you run away from the confusion and it comes back twofold comes back stronger and stronger and stronger you run away from the from the from the from all those invitations that you send they come back stronger and stronger and stronger so it is part of your work to notice that the invitations are here because you sent them out so they're just they're just doing their job you've invited them and they take your invitations the, these 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 are guests Take your invitations very seriously. Life or death, their life and the life and death depends on it, right? From their point of view, they think that they have to greet you in that way. And the way you do it, as a spiritually sassy you are, you open yourself up and say, "Hey, honey, I know you're here because I've been pursuing the past. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for helping me to anchor myself more deeply in the present moment. Thank you for showing me my mind. Thank you for showing me the fact that I'm watering the seeds of confusion, the seeds of suffering, the seeds of pain, the seeds of guilt, the seeds of shame in my mind. Thank you for showing up. Guilt, shame, wobble, scatterness, rumination." doubt, insecurity. Thank you for showing up because you're showing me my mind. You're showing me the fact that I'm actually going to the garden of my mind each and every single day, multiple times a day, and I'm watering the seeds of confusion. So thank you for showing me where I should pivot my gardening job. Where I should pivot my gardening job. Where I should actually invite intentionality and grace and start to water those seeds that will lead to freedom. Those seeds that will lead to, to altruistic thinking, those seeds are going to awaken bodhisattva consciousness, radical saintly consciousness, divine consciousness, cosmic consciousness. So each invitation that meets you in the present moment is a reflection of how you spend your time. If you're spending your time pursuing the past, these invitations will continue to, these guests that you've, that you've invited will continue to knock at your door. Don't push them away. Be grateful that they're showing up because they're showing you your mind. They're showing you where, where your work lies. They're showing you the next stage of your evolution. So when we say stop pursuing the past, we're saying, I recognize that the past happened, period. I accept what happened, period. Acceptance is not approval. We know this, right? To approve of something that's happened in the past means that you're giving out consent for more, more of it to happen, but you're not. Acceptance means that you recognize that it happened in the past, period. And once you have that period, you start a new sentence. And here's how I have overcome that experience. Here's what I've learned from it. Have regret if you've done something harmful. Have regret and remorse and then grow from it. Don't let the regret and the, and, the, and the remorse water the seeds of guilt and open the door for shame. Have regret, oh my God, I've harmed. Have remorse, oh my God. Ah, fuck, I have caused harm. Learn from your mistakes. And make a vow to never commit the same mistake again. Allow yourself to make mistakes, but, allow, but, allow, but do not allow yourself to make the same mistakes. Allow yourself to make mistakes, but do not allow yourself to make the same mistakes. The same mistakes is ignorant. The same mistakes perpetuates the past and the present. The same mistakes lets the past worries 
run and ruin your present moment. So I recognize that I've harmed. I recognize that harm was done to me. I recognize that pain was created. I'm not proud of it. But I'm willing to understand that it happened the way it did because it is a consequence of my past actions. This is karma for you. And I know it's difficult to to understand when we listen through the law of karma. Everything that we're living out in this life is the past, is a consequence of all of our past lives. Natural law of karma, right? It's, it, it, it opens up to a very mystical understanding, right? And if this, this is your first time sitting with me and you're listening to the natural law of karma, it sounds far out. It sounds far out. And it sounds, it sounds too radical. It's like, no, fuck this shit. I don't want to think about it like that because I did not deserve the pain that I went through. That's right, you didn't. You do not deserve the pain that, you, that you've gone through. Hell no. No one deserves pain. But we're causing pain to each other because we're in pain ourselves. So if we've experienced pain, we could look, we can zoom out. Perhaps that is the consequence of a past action that was the, of a past action from, a, from many, many, many lifetimes ago that now in this life, the perfect cause and conditions are ripening. So open yourself up to have compassion. Stop trying to punish. Stop approaching pain with more pain. Open yourself up to be a restorative being, to bodhisattva consciousness, to be able to learn from the past, to be able to experience the blessings from the pain. It takes work. It takes, it takes stages of grief, right? Which is to be angry, confused to go into rage. And I want you to experience all of that. If you've experienced, if you've experienced tremendous pain in your life, a pain that you did not deserve. Because in this lifetime, I didn't do anything to deserve this kind of pain. But when we look at the lens of karma, we're like, oh shit, maybe many, many, many lifetimes ago, I did some fucked up shit. That's why I'm living out these consequences right now. I know this is difficult to swallow. But don't take my don't take my voice, don't take my my teaching as the highest truth. Sit with this information. Do your own research. Do your own research, my love. Do your own research with that. That's what brought peace to me. That's what brought peace to me is understanding the natural law of karma through a Buddhist perspective. I'm being served up exactly what I what I can eat. So that's what karma is constantly serving us the exact amount of food that we can eat. Of course, I'm speaking metaphorically, symbolically, I'm speaking about all this, right? So the, 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 the level of pain that we've experienced is, is served in direct relation to the amount that we can handle, that we can overcome, that we can learn from. And learning from it means that you're, when you say I've learned from my pain, that means that you can teach, you can stand in front of an audience and you can help alleviate their suffering. With your presence, non-verbally communicating potential. With your words, communicating divine kindness, divine restoration, bodhisattva consciousness, educating people about their saintliness. Are we communicating? Is this landing for you? Is this too far out? Are we communicating? 
Yes? Yes? Are we communicating? Is that landing too far out? Too radical? Fuck that shit. Or no, is it landing? If it's landing, let yourself know that, hey, this is landing. This is landing. This is landing. Wow, this is landing. As much as I have tremendous resistance with this, it is landing. There's a part of me that this talk, that these words are tickling. There's a part of me, and I believe it's my spiritual heart. I believe it's my bodhisattva conscious. I believe it's my radical saintly conscious that's coming, up, that's coming online, that's coming alive right now. With these words. These words are orienting my awakening right now. It's landing. Wow, like that. So when we are, when we when we claim I no longer pursue the past, I had a student of mine uh, get a tattoo on their wrist that says, I've stopped. I, the little apostrophe thing at the top, not apostrophe, the little apostrophe, you know what I mean. I've V-E stopped. And that stopped, it was, a ver- it was a variety of habits. It was a variety of orientation. It was a variety of behaviors that she was ready to stop. And then every time the craving to do that one thing that she used to do in the past, every time that one kind of thought or that one kind of feeling of that one kind of word wanted to be uttered out of her mouth, she would look at her tattoo and say, I've stopped. I have stopped. Therefore, I don't pursue the past anymore. I don't pursue these old ways of feeling, these old ways of thinking, these old ways of believing, of acting. I no longer act in this way. I have awakened divine kindness. I've awakened divine consciousness. I've awakened my saintly qualities. I no longer operate in this way. I no longer go through life in this way. My life is a message of love. I'm here to be of service to all beings. I'm here to awaken all beings. I'm here as my responsibility as a radical saint to, uh, to literally be a shining light so bright for all people to usher them through the valley of shadows and be a guiding light, be an usher, be a support system as people are going through the forest of darkness and you're there with a beautiful bright light. And you have this enormous group of people with you and you're walking them through the forest of darkness in the witching hour. But you're there, unwavering, unwavering faith that you're living out your dharma, that you're living out your purpose. This is what we're working towards, my darling. Are we communicating? This is what we're working towards. It's whenever you stop pursuing the past and you are able to amend and you're able to land at a place where you've done the rage work, you've done the anger work, you've done the confusion work, you've done all of it, and you realize that my past is part of who I am. My past is part of who I am, but it doesn't have to be the only part of me. My past is part of my biography, but I am done writing the same journal. I have had it. This journal, why do I keep trying to write an entire new story in this tiny little corner because it's the only little corner on this page that has a little bit of room? No. Put that journal in the the drawer. Put it back on a shelf. 
Get yourself a new journal. Write a new story today, right now. Begin that new story. We don't have time to waste pursuing the past. So many people need your help right now. So many people are desperate, begging for their lives right now in a hospital bed. In a hospital bed. And you are right here right now. So use this opportunity. Use this time to, to cultivate the strength and the courage to be of service to all people everywhere. Let the orientation of Bodhisattva consciousness, of visionary consciousness, of God consciousness, to be how you live your life. Buddha consciousness is within you. The problem is you're caught up in amnesia. You're allowing your past actions, your past behavior, your past mistakes, your past pain, your past trauma to be who you are in the present moment. My darling, it's part of your story. All we can do is forgive ourselves. I've caused pain to other people. I forgive myself for the mistakes I've done. To all people that have caused pain, please forgive me. I was in pain. I was hooked in amnesia. Please forgive me for the ways I've caused pain. And for the ones who've caused me pain, I forgive you. You no longer have ownership of my mind. You no longer have a hold in my mind. You no longer have the keys to the penthouse of my mind. You've been evicted. You've been evicted. The eviction notice has been placed. Take back the keys. Take back the keys. For all those who've caused me pain, you no longer get to live rent-free in my mind. For all those that I've caused pain, please forgive me. Please forgive me. Each time that I whisper, please forgive me, my mind, I'm, I'm ushering myself, I'm rushing myself, I'm urgently coming, urgently coming back to the present moment where I can be of service to somebody in need right now, right here. Each time a past painful memory surfaces in my mind, it is feedback for me to be of service to somebody in the present moment. It is feedback for me to awaken Bodhisattva consciousness, awaken Buddha consciousness, awaken Christ consciousness, awaken Guadalupe consciousness. That's what we're here to do. Let the guilt and the remorse of the past orient your life on the direction of service. And at some point, the hook of the past will, will subdue, will pass. And same thing goes for, for the harm that was caused to you. When that person re-enters your mind and you're struck with that set of memories, instead of you overthinking that memory because, because the, you think that you're going to find a different outcome for something that's happened in the past, it happened already, period. Create a new memory. Put on a wig, put on some high heels, paint your face, walk down the streets as, like an, as an icon, put on some delicious music, show the world your joy. Let that be your legacy now. Let that be your legacy. Let that be how you communicate. Are we aligning here? Are we communicating? Are we speaking in a language that resonates? Yes? Like that, like that, like that. So when we're talking about the interbeing, when we're talking about stop pursuing the past, I wanted to recognize right now, if your present moment is beautiful, if your present moment, in the very present moment, you have your basic needs taken care of, 
If you have food in your fridge, if you have food, food in your cabinets, if you have fresh water that you could drink, if you have a hot shower, if you have a, if you have a light switch that you can turn on right now, if you have internet, if you have a phone, if you have clothes in your body, if you have someone around you that could reflect back to your benevolent qualities, they can say, wow, I can see your bodhisattva conscious, your godly conscious, your Buddha conscious shining right through your eyes. It is incredible to witness you. I feel like I'm in the presence of divinity. That's right, because you are. That's right, because you are. If you have sunlight, if you have flowers around you, if you have a beautiful tree around you, these are all reflections of your past actions. That means you've done good work too. You've done incredibly good work. And if your present moment is filled with light, flowers, beauty, laughter, kindness, service, and all of your basic needs are taken care of, this is what your future will be like. This is a quote from, from Guru Padmasambhava. He is the, this being is one of the, one of the most prolific ascended masters. They were tasked, they were asked by the king of Tibet to bring tantric Buddhism, to bring mystical, the mystical side of Buddhism to Tibet, to pacify the country, to bring peace into the country. This country was in, it was in tremendous turmoil. They were very harmful people. They were very, very painful people. And this, this living saint who was, who was coming from India was asked by the king of Tibet to come and teach. Please teach us the Dharma. Spread the gospel. Teach us. Please, dear one, teach us your ways. And with a few hundred years, Tibet became one of the most peaceful countries in the world. Like that. And that's a quote from him. He says, he says if your present moment... Has, if you're able to see beauty in your present moment, if you're able to see light in your present moment, if you're able to see, and I'm paraphrasing the quote, I'm paraphrasing the quote. If your present moment has these attributes of an awakened mind, if you're able to see your awakened mind in everything and everyone around you, that means your future will be beautiful. Your future will be pleasant. Your future will be beneficial. Your future will be filled with divine connection. And your Buddha nature will continuously grow. Grow and grow. Grow and grow. Continuously growing like that. So go through the process. Go through the process of amending with the past and create a ritual that each and every single time that the past visits your mind, it is feedback for you to be more present. Each and every single time the past visits you, it is feedback for you to be beautify the world. Each and every single time the past visits you, it is feedback for you to be of service, to help somebody in need. Each and every single time the past visits your mind is a feedback for you to breathe deeply because you're not breathing deep enough. Like that, like that, like that.
like that. Are we communicating? So stop talking about your past over and over and over again. Stop spilling out your past worries, your past guilt, your past shame into every exchange you have. Stop it. Anchor yourself in the present moment and recognize that you are an artist. You are an artist. You're an artist. So therefore, you can create anything. And you're a creative genius. So therefore, you can always create something new. Creativity is your default. Creativity is a default of Bodhisattva consciousness. Therefore, when you get when you get struck by the past, you recognize that it's feedback to become present, to breathe deeply, to beautify, to create, to serve. Go through the steps. Be angry. Go through the rage, scream, shout, dance, speak about it. But at some point, claim that you're no longer that story. Claim that you're no longer that story. Claim that you're no longer that story. It is part of your story, but it's not the only story. It is part of my story, but it's not the only story. Recognize that you survived 100% of your worst days. You're here right now. You have survived. Because of that, use the short, small speck of time that we have, which is human life. How precious it is to be alive, to help another smile, to help another walk, to help another create, to help someone else laugh a little. If your life has become a, a, a mission of accumulation and intoxication, never ever you experience genuine happiness. Your entire life will be a pursuit of pleasing your senses. And your senses can never be pleased, never be satisfied. You're always going to be emotionally hungry. You're always going to be insatiably thirsty. So stop with accumulation. Every time your mind, every time your mind starts stripping and the past starts cluttering your mind, you may enter into a mindset of jealousy. Or you enter into a mindset of insecurity, so you buy more things, you watch porn, you eat, you drink, you smoke, you argue. Notice if that's your habit. The mind starts tripping about what happened in the past. Breathe deeply. Serve with devotion. The world needs your help more than ever before. And the world will never enter into, into perfect harmony until at least into, into a, a vast majority of us have entered into harmony. And some people say that, you know, there's scientists that say that 5% of people, the only 5% of the world, I was hanging out with these uh, um, really scientific uh, thinkers the other day. I went, to do, I went to do a writings group at a friend's house. And um, they were saying that if 5% of, of humanity 
starts to open themselves up to Bodhisattva consciousness, starts to recognize that they have this benevolent nature inside of them, starts, starts being of service to other people. If 5% of the world starts doing that, then it's a ripple effect. Let me close the door because the gardener has arrived. And you can hear the, 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 the mower going. One second. Um, one second. Like that. So I like that theory, right? I used to think that we needed like a vast majority of us. That's why I said vast majority of us need to be in a harmonious state of mind, not pursuing the past. And because, because the vast majority of us are not pursuing the past, then it will be an easy way for us to, to really uh, allow this Bodhisattva conscience to permeate the entire world. But I like the way these, these scientific thinkers said that it's mathematically proven that if, 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 if at least 5% of humanity is operating from this state of being, from this bodhisattva consciousness, from this saintly consciousness, from this God consciousness, then the world will follow suit. Everyone else will be so curious about that 5%. How come they're so relaxed? How come they're so harmonious? How come they're laughing more? How come they're painting? How come they're creating art? How come they create so much art? How come they write such beautiful poetry? How come they dance so often like that? So that curiosity is going is to spark change, right? So let that be the truth, right? Let that be the truth. Let that be the truth. Let us be the 5% that helps to, helps to alleviate the suffering of the world. Let our lives not be a legacy of, of shopping, of, of, of accumulation, of insatiable thirst. Let nothing that we own be who we are. Let nothing that we have to show for be who we are. Let what's not seen by the eyes and the face be who we are. Let the heart's qualities, your, your spiritual heart qualities, be who you are. Let that be what people are able to non-verbally hear. Like that. Like that. Okay, enough for today. Enough for today. I'm Sadi Simone, and you've been listening to The Spiritually Sassy Show. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and reveal this podcast. And join me next Sunday for another Spiritually Sassy Conversation. Thank you so much for listening, and I love you. Mm-hmm.